What's up, family? You are tuned into Law and Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive. From KPFA Radio and the Pacifica Network, I'm your host, Kat Brooks. We now turn our attention to Gulfport, Mississippi, where earlier this month, police murdered 15-year-old Jaheem McMillan by shooting him in the head in front of his four friends in the parking lot of a Dollar Tree store. Activists are headed to Gulfport this weekend from across the country to demand the police release the footage of the shooting and support the family in their demands for a boycott of the Dollar Tree store. We are joined this morning by Melina Abdullah, co-founder of the Los Angeles chapter of Black Lives Matter and co-founder of Black Lives Matter Grassroots. Good morning, Melina. Good morning, Sister Kat. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much for all of your work and um, for standing uh, in solidarity with this family and ringing the bell nationally about this tragedy. We are also joined this morning by Andrew Joseph Jr., the father of Andrew Joseph III, who was killed after being struck by a vehicle after being improperly ejected by sheriff deputies from the Florida State Fair in 2014. Good morning, Brother Andrew. I'm doing good. It's good to to hear your voice. I was on the call with you yesterday, uh, but didn't didn't get to say hello. Um, we are also joined by Elijah Woolley, an activist from Oakland, who founded Free My People, a social media platform to spread mass awareness about police brutality and racial discrimination for impacted communities. Good morning, Elijah. Good morning. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to have you on. Uh, and, and to learn more about the work you were doing. And we finally, we are also joined by Leo Carney, a freelance journalist in Gulfport, Mississippi. Good morning, Leo. Good morning. Good morning, Kat. How are you doing today? Thank you for having me. Um, uh, thank you for, for joining us. Um, all, I mean, Melina, you know this, and if for folks that listen to my show know, I always like to start by reminding people that our loved ones that are stolen by the state are so much more than the tragic incidents that took their lives. A few weeks back, we had Jahim's aunt, Natasha Boyd, on the show. Here is what she had to say about who Jahim was. Please roll tape. Jahim was, uh, was 15 years old, and he liked girls, and he liked playing basketball, and uh, I'm pretty sure... Um, I don't know much about his gaming history, if you really like playing games uh, that much. But I, I wanted to uh, not just, I, I wanted to talk to his friends and really get more of who Jaheim is, was and is as a person because they know uh, a more intimate part of him than we do sometimes. Uh, we know him as the nephew and as the child we see grow up in the court, you know, maybe respectful and do certain things around us. But as a friend, so I spoke when they said, yeah, you know, he liked girls and they liked playing basketball. And that's what they were doing that day. They hooked up with his friends and they were going to go see girls and play basketball. Normal teenage behavior that only becomes criminal if your skin is black. Brother Andrew, I want to start uh, my line of questioning with you. You are on the ground, have been on the ground in Gulfport supporting the McMillan family. Can, can you walk us through what the family, what you all have been able to unearth about what happened the day Jaheem was murdered? I mean, of course, the family is going uh, through a dramatic uh, situation. We're losing Jaheim at the early age of 15. I mean, we lost a really unbearable, especially with the situation with this Mississippi Police Department, the Gulf Coast Police Department, with very little answers. Uh, I had the opportunity to, uh, to review some of the paperwork and 
and you know, when it comes to the death of a child, just answers no questions at all. The mother as well as the uh, siblings are just in their first stage of uh, the terrible trauma, a lot of self-blame, a lot of blaming others, a lot of, uh, you know, just a lot of depression. It's just emotional roller coaster. And uh, the fact that we have now doesn't justify Jaheim being dead. He was just a child. He was visibly able to see that he was just a child. It was a threat to absolutely nobody. So we've been able to, uh, to get footage from the business across the street from the uh, family dollar. But the family dollar itself still hasn't released the video to the family of the attorneys. The only uh, people that have possession of the video is the North uh, Fort Police Department. We have turned over to the MPI, who telling the community that the, uh, the video won't be released until the first, the early part of next year. So you know, we, it's just the blueprint. The families and the turmoil, with no answers. We're doing everything that we can to support the family, fight for these answers and uh, information that, that the families do, the communities do. And that's what we are. And just so my. And just so my listeners know, MBI is the Mississippi Bureau of Investigation. Um, Leo, I, I, I want to go to you next. The, the first question, just so that we have some context, I mean, it is Mississippi, right? Uh, and Mississippi has a, a long legacy of bloody brutality um, to black bodies. Um, can you talk to me about prior to the murder of this, this 15-year-old baby, what what was the relationship? What are the types of engagements that the Gulfport Police Department has with the black community? I can speak specifically to that, Cat. Uh, uh, the Gulfport Police Department has a history of brutality uh, in, in the Gulfport community. Last year, last year we had a campaign for uh, three-month-old Lamelo Parker, who was gunned down by Gulfport Police. Uh, on on the interstate I ten in in Biloxi, Mississippi. Uh, this was last year, and the Gulfport Police Chief at the time, Chief Chris Ryle, stood stood by the law enforcement and 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 and, and allowed them to to obfuscate the evidence, um, hide evidence of this shooting, um, and and eventually Chris Ryle ended ended up stepping down. Because of the pressure that that, that that we put on Chris Ryle and 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 the, and the Gulfport Police Department, we ended up going all the way to the grand jury, who decided that there was no wrongdoing in in the death of three month old Lamelo Parker, but that 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 they needed to have uh, you know more training uh, and, and and things of that nature. But 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 nothing came out of that as far as nothing positive came out of that investigation from the Parker family. And that's indicative to the Gulfport Police Department and, and their behavior. It, it, you know, there there have been all types of uh, misconduct and mistreatment that's gone on in, in uh, the Harrison County uh, Adult Detention Center, where you have individuals who who are mentally ill, individuals who have been placed in, in that detention center and have and have not had contact with family members for years upon years. And so, if there's an apparatus in Harrison County that that supports that that type of behavior, and so. Like I said, it's indicative of, of Gulfport Police Department. Thank you, Leo. Uh, one more question for you. Um, 
And, and, and that is, you know, th- those of us who, I was going to say those of us who do this work, but really all of us, black folks know um, that, of course, the immediate friends and family are the most impacted, but the whole community uh, gets triggered, shattered, is traumatized when these types of incidents happen. Can you talk about what it feels like on the ground in Gulfport? How is the trauma manifesting in in, in terms of... of the 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 environment and the energy there right now well we we were at a at a church function um we had a bunch of community leaders who came out to this this church function uh at shiloh baptist church in Gulfport. and uh just just to give you an example you know no no one invited uh katrina katrina or her family to speak at, at, at at this event and so that that is very traumatizing, you know, to, to members of her family and people who support her in the community, because we we all came out in support of Katrina and and to see uh, elected officials conducting uh, uh, a ceremony to, to 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 stop police violence, but not acknowledge the, the the family member who 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 was mostly affected by the police violence. It just it just goes to show you that you know the, you know the uh, disingenuousness of. Uh, 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 our elected officials and members of law enforcement who were all present. Gulfport uh, uh, Mayor Billy Hughes was at this event, and no one acknowledged uh, uh, Katrina McCain or her family. And so that just goes to show you the, the, amount, of, the amount of disrespect that, 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 that her family has been shown since her son has been killed. Dr. Melina Abdullah, do we know why, how the police were called, why they were on the scene? How did, how did, what was the ignition for this tragedy? We know very little. They've made several claims as the story first broke. And, you know, Jaheem was murdered on October 6th. As that story first broke, there was first a claim about a stolen car. Then they talked about, well, Jaheem may have had a gun. No gun was ever shown, right? Um, so we see them constantly just trying to cover up what happens in Gulfport, Mississippi, and throughout the state of Mississippi, right? Um, a lot of what's happening in Mississippi is um, indicative of the long history of Mississippi and the history of policing in this country, where targets are simply placed on the backs of black people. Um, and as Leo was pointing out, and as Brother Andrew was pointing out, um, what we saw was the criminalization of um, all of the children who regularly went to this family dollar after school to get their after school snacks. Um, they criminalized these boys who are just coming of age, you know, 15, 14 years old. They murdered one of them and then criminalized the other four. What we haven't talked about yet is how the other four were arrested and charged and um, kicked out of their schools for simply being present. Um, and so I think that what you see when we say that police descend from slave catchers, we see that quite literally in Gulfport, Mississippi. And that's really what happened there. You know, they've attempted to cover up. We've um, asked for lots of things, including the um, firing and charging of the officer who also, and I, I hope that Leo um, chimes in here, but the officer who pulled the trigger and murdered Jaheem McMillan um, also has a long history of racism, including 
we think linkages to the targeting of Jaheem and his family over the course of the last couple of years. So we know, um, Sister Chat, we talk often about the double murders of our people, what they've done with the murder of this 15-year-old child, right? Jaheem is a child, is steal his body, uh, murder his body, but then attempt to assassinate his character, making him um, really guilty for his own murder. And we as a community are refusing to let that rise. Yeah, I mean, a couple things to that. I mean, one of the most painful things about listening to his... Listening to his aunt uh, talk, and and uh, Melina, you know, you know, we because we work with so many families, the the ways in which families blame themselves, but hearing and apologize, right? Feel like they have to apologize for the humanity of their loved ones, whether the the nonsense being said about their loved one is true or not. But I've heard Natasha, I heard it on the the Black Lives Matter grassroots Black media call the other day, and she said it in the interview here, right? Uh, What they're saying about my nephew, we don't know anything about that. The fact that that the family's even having to carry that on top of this tragedy is, is, there's just not words for it. The other thing, though, I want to point out is that the po- the police are saying that Jah- not only are they saying that that this baby had a gun, they're saying that he turned and pointed the gun at at law enforcement. But on the the call that that you uh, facilitated earlier this week, Melina, I understand that that they murdered Jaheem within three seconds of getting out of the car. Is that right? That's right. That's right. And again, you know. We know, and we want to keep saying this, police lie, police lie, police lie. Of course. Police in Mississippi lie especially. If there were video of Jaheem pointing a gun at police, do you think that wouldn't have been all over the news? Where's the video? It would have went uh, viral. It would have went viral. They, they would have been That's trying right. to, to shut this down so fast, particularly with the national attention it's getting. And speaking of that, uh, 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 is, is it Elijah or Elasia? I'm sorry. It's Elasia. It's Elasia, okay. Um, I, want, I want to bring you in, into the call. You're a, a, a young uh, black organizer, and you are headed to Gulfport this weekend to demand both release of the footage, um, but also in support of the families called a boycott um, the Dollar Tree store. Talk to me about the organizing that you've been doing and what is going to take place on the streets of Gulfport this weekend. So um, we have been organizing just via social media and reaching out to organizations, reaching out to um, schools, reaching out to just the community on on social media and just trying to not only spread awareness about Jaheem and the goal put forward, but to get them to take action and to, you know, back up the talk. Cause a lot of people want to say that they want to support. So we're trying to make sure that we can cultivate a space to connect the youth um, with the story and also bridge the gap. So not only are we just aware of the situation that's going on, but we're actually doing something about it. Um, and this Saturday we are hosting a rally just demanding the body cam footage for Jaheem, and that's going to be at Family Dollar at 1 p.m. 10:16 past Road, um, where we're going to be meeting up, and that's going to be where we do the rally, and then we're going to march down to the police station. 
Alicia, if folks want to get more information online about the the rally you all are are hosting this weekend, and and y'all, I I want to really emphasize supporting young black organizing uh, and leadership. Where where can they go to learn more uh, if, about what's, yeah, what's if, cracking? If they want to learn more, they can go to Free My People um, with three E's and free. Instagram, and we have a lot of not only just information, graphics. Um, you, we have the the people who are who's who, the mayor, the super, um, the superintendents for schools, and um, the boys and their information, and just so people can learn and educate themselves on the story, petitions, and all. Okay. Thank you for that. Leo, one of the things that happened on the call we were on earlier this week that I thought was fascinating and I think my listeners uh, need to understand is is uh, the legalities of the family being able to obtain the footage uh, of this murder. I know it was the brother Rip that walked us through it, but I was wondering if you could explain to us, like, what is the process and what would it take uh, in order for the family to get the footage? And do they have a right to it right now based on yeah. the laws in Mississippi? Based on based on Mississippi Code, uh, I think it's twenty five sixty one twelve. That's the that, that's the uh, Public Records Act, Mississippi Public Records Act, that says that you know the body cam footage, dash cam footage, all that supposedly is investigative material, and they can't they can't release that footage. But in that same in that same Mississippi Code, it does say that at the discretion of of the law enforcement agencies, they can release that footage. And so, right now, NBI has that footage, the 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 uncut version of the footage. Family Dollar did release uh, a, a redacted version of the footage to to the family to the family attorney, but not it, it wasn't it wasn't um, the authentic footage that NBI has. NBI is saying that they can't release that footage because it's a part of an active investigation. But but to to, to give y'all a quick update on the legalities. And where we stand right now, as far as as far as um, public records is concerned, the the most important thing right now is is which prosecutor um, that this case goes to is very important. Okay, the Department of Public Safety, we we solicited the Mississippi Center for Justice to help us get the public records uh, request from NBI and from Gulfport Police Department for. Uh, the incident that happened to, to Jaheen. And so NBI responded to, to us um, concerning, you know, with, with, with the reports concerning fatal and, and, and non-fatal use of force by police officers. Okay, so as of July the 1st, the Attorney General's Office, which is Lynn Finch, is our Attorney General, the Attorney General's Office is exclusively responsible for for pre- presenting all officer-involved shootings to grant to the grand jury, and that's according to Mississippi Code forty-five-one-six-six. Okay, and so what they did was, and that, and that was in, that was that was in two thousand twenty-one, and so this year, in in the two thousand twenty-two legislative session, the Senate passed Senate Bill twenty-five forty-three, which tweaked which tweaked the the, the current uh, uh, legislation by redefining. NBI's jurisdiction over officer-involved shootings. And so now it includes all officers except NBI officers. And so, and so the Mississippi uh, Bureau of Investigation and the Mississippi Highway Patrol is the same, the same entity. It's, it's the same 
department. So if, if a Mississippi Highway Patrol officer shoots and kills somebody, that all falls under under the jurisdiction of NBI. And so what happened now is they've now changed it to where the attorney general is, is responsible for bringing all that evidence to a grand jury. So it's, so it says that granted that they have granted the attorney general all prosecution prosecutorial authority for all officer involved shootings re- resulting in injury or death. So basically we're currently requesting a written transcript of the, of the grand jury hearings and documentation of all evidence that that's being presented in, in, in a state grand jury. We don't want the grant. We don't want the circuit court uh, to be over this uh, grand jury proceeding because the circuit court grand jury proceedings are not recorded. The state grand jury proceedings are recorded. And so we're, reco- we're demanding that the evidence be submitted to a state grand jury so that the public can be privy to that information. Thank you, Leo. I've got time for like t- two more questions. Um, I, my last two are for Andrew and then uh, Dr. Molina. Brother Andrew, I mean, I can't think of a fam- you know, a family more fitting to be on the ground. And just thank you again um, for your, your work to, to support um, other families and, and for being there. I'm wondering what your engagement with the Gulfport for the four other babies that were there when their friend was murdered. How are they holding up? I mean, these children are just start. I mean, this is uh, somebody that knew up close and personal. And in most cases like this one, this is the first time that these kids are dealing with the death of a friend up close and personal. So, you know, it's, uh, it's traumatic. And these kids are often feeling like they left out because, you know, Jaine is getting all this coverage and everybody's screaming their name, and nobody has, they feel like nobody's concerned about them, and, 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 and they fight. So, you know, we wrapped our arms around these uh, kids and developing a relationship with them, and, and it's going to be a long-haul journey for them. I mean, you know, they've been expelled from school, meaning they're no allowed, they're no longer allowed to attend school what? here and well, this is basically these kids being thrown away. And if these kids don't need education at this point, they need the social worker, the therapy that the school provides. So these kids are, they're really setting these kids up for failure. They'll probably be close to adults before this thing actually goes to uh, a civil type of trial and they're just setting them up for failure. And we're trying to uh, build bridges so that that don't happen in the future. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Dr. Melina Abdullah, I know that the Black Lives Matter Grassroots Network, you know, the chapters across the country are supporting this fight for justice. Talk about, I've got about 60 seconds with you. Talk about what, what you all do, are doing and then shout out those platforms that we are building up because your other platforms were stolen and where people can get more information about the work you all are doing on this case and all the other work you're doing across the country. Sure. So we are so grateful that so many families are involved in the work that we're doing as BLM Grassroots. Um, Brother Andrew Joseph and his wife, Deanna Joseph, have been on the ground for weeks um, in Gulfport. And so they're heading back there now. Um, We're calling for um, also Family Dollar to take some responsibility. So we're calling for a boycott of Family Dollar and Dollar Tree um, until they do what is right. Um, which means not be complicit with the police who steal the lives 
of our babies like Jaheim McMillan. So one thing people can do right now is make sure that they boycott Family Dollar. Do not shop at Family Dollar or Dollar Tree. There are many other options. Shop there. We also want you to stay connected with this um, story and this work and this call for justice. You can plug in by following BLM Grassroots on all social media, BLM Grassroots on social media. And then finally, you know, just make sure that you lift up the name. Like you said, Sister Cat, it is somewhat of a national story, but I'll still say most people have never heard of Jaheen McMillan. And so we need to make sure we use every communications platform that we can. There are stories that you can share online, including one that came out yesterday in the Los Angeles Sentinel about what's happening and about the call for justice. I shared that on my Twitter feed this morning. And Aliza, I'm going to reach out to you. You know, we in Oakland and APTP is down to support the work of you young folks in demanding justice. So thank you all for your work and for coming on the show this morning. We will continue to cover this case and have you all back on the show soon. You've been listening to Law and Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive. That's it for this episode, family. You can find more information about topics and guests in this episode's show notes. Law and Disorder is produced at KPFA. That's listener-supported radio on the Pacifica Network. The show is produced by Jesse Strauss and hosted by me, Kat Brooks. Our theme music was composed by Steve Raskin of Fort Knox 5. If you like what you heard, please follow us on social media at Law and Dis, that's D-I-S, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Feel free to holler at us about something you heard or send us a show idea at lawanddisorder at kpfa.org. You can also find our content live at 8 a.m. weekdays on KPFA. That's 94.1 FM in the Bay Area. Our show and all of KPFA's programs are funded exclusively by you, the listener. And if you're in a position to support us, please donate today at kpfa.org. Take care of yourself and take care of each other. We all we got, fam.